Hello everyone. How many of you have ever gotten to that point to where you said, in your walk with God, in your walk with Christ, I quit. I'm done. I give up. I, I'm through. Now, it could have been because of something that somebody said or something that happened or um, a number of reasons why that would occur in our lives. But you get to that point where you just say in your, your walk with God, I, I'm done. I'm done. I'm, I'm through with all of this. On the other side, on the other side, is that person that has this <laughs> incredible fervor for God, a zeal for God. And you're like, I'm all in. I'm there. No matter what, come on. And you're just like on fire for Christ. And then, of course, there's there's the other side that is basically the, the place in the middle. You know, that place in the middle, which is that lukewarm place, that place where Jesus tells the church in Laodicea, uh, you're neither, you're lukewarm. He said, I would rather you be hot or cold than lukewarm. And because of that, I'm going to spit you out of my mouth. And you wonder how many of our lives are there in our walk with God. So either we're here and we've given up totally, and I hope not, or we're lukewarm and just here, or we're on fire for the Lord. We're in a series called Dream Again. And the reason we're talking about zeal is because over these past two years, um, it seems like we have spent a lot more time, and in, in it just has happened, but we spent a lot more time thinking about ourselves and probably thinking about us more than we probably should have. And I think in those two years of just thinking about ourselves and who we are and what we want, we've kind of gotten away from this idea that, you know what, we've got a mission. We have a mission. We have a mission that God has given us as a congregation. And I want us to be on that mission for Jesus. I want us to be on that mission for Him. You know, I, I I have this question that uh, I don't know where I heard it, but it's when should I retire as a Christian? When should I retire as a Christian? And I think sometimes that's what we think. We get to a point in our lives, and especially even as we get older, and we go, you know what? I think it's just time for the younger generation to take over. Just, just let them do it. I'm going to retire as a Christian and just let them do it. And I'm just going to be... Okay, so Thursday morning, uh, this past Thursday morning, it's 6.30 in the morning. I got a text and Bob said, Bob Gregg said, hey, can, can you uh, call me? I said, sure. No and so I picked up the phone right then, called him. Uh, I was at my watering hole already. And so I called him. He said, hey, James, I, I'm sorry I haven't been with you a lot you know on sunday i got uh vertigo and it's just it hit hit me hard and so but last night i, I got to feeling better i went to bed about 7 30 got up at one o'clock in the morning and he said i've been working on getting my uh lessons ready for my travels with bob and i've got two of them ready to go that i'd like to do this afternoon at 1 30. I said, well, sure, not a problem. He said, well, I'm going to go back to bed right now and catch a little sleep, and then I'll see you at 1.30, and we can do those deals. Okay, Bob's 90. He's 90 years old. 
and Bob is having has passion for the Lord. He continues to study. He continues to understand more about God's nature and character and who he is. That's an unbelievable thing. And I wonder, I wonder how many of us look at ourselves and go, I wish I could be like that. Yeah, I wish we all could be like that, that has that passion for God. Now listen, listen, Bob has his profession as a preacher, as a minister, he retired from that. But he did not retire from the work of God. He did not retire from the work of Jesus. And that's what zeal is. I see that in him. I see that in many of you. That you have this zeal, this passion. And that word zeal means to be inflamed, to boil. And that's what he And God even has zeal. The reason we should have zeal is because it is a characteristic of God that he wants us to have. The characteristics of God of love and compassion and kindness and goodness and justice and being having mercy and zeal are all those things that should be incorporated in our own lives. Listen to this passage about God in Isaiah 42, verse 13. It says this, The Lord will march out like a champion. Like a warrior, he will stir up his zeal. With a shout, he will raise the battle cry and will triumph over his enemies. See, the Lord never stops working. So should we? Should we? Should we stop working? You know, the older I get, the more I get that question. Okay, James, when are you going to hang it up? When are you going to hang it up? And my answer is never, never. Now, 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 don't get me wrong. There's going to be a time when I won't be the preacher here, and there'll be a time when I won't be working here. Okay, I, I get that. I understand that. But how many of us say, like I said before, how many of us say, well, it's just time for me to let somebody else do it, and I'm, let, I'm just going to give up and just sit on the sidelines? Here's some questions I want us all to ponder. I want us all to ponder. And just remember, this is not about a sermon for us people who are old. Yes, yes. It, it, I'm in that generation now. I can't believe I just said that, but I'm in that generation now. And it just seems that we, as an older generation, sometimes we just kind of lean back and don't want to, and I know, we, we do what we can with what we can. Listen, listen. We do what we can with what God has given us. We do what we can with what God has given us. And we, and when he gives the Spirit and gives us that zeal through the Spirit, we do even more. That's what we do. That's what we do. So let me give you some questions to ponder. Questions to ponder, okay? Uh, so in Romans chapter 12, before I get to the questions, Romans chapter 12, verse 11, uh, Paul says this, Do not be slothful in zeal. Do not be lazy. Do not be slothful in zeal. Be fervent in spirit. Serve the Lord. 
And this is just right after he said, this was in Romans 12, verse 11. This is after he said, I urge you, I urge you to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and acceptable to God. And then he says in verse 2, do not be conformed to the pattern of this world. That word zeal, that is the being passionate, having zeal, it's not an option for Christians. It's not an option for Christians. There is either... We are going to be, I'm, I'm out, I quit, I give up. We're going to be in that category of lukewarm, which Jesus says, I want to spit you out of my mouth, Laodicea, or we're going to be people of zeal. We're going to be people who dream. We're going to be people who are on board as a team, as a body of Christ, as one body taking the message of Jesus Christ to the lost of this world, helping hurting people, doing whatever is on, that God places on our hearts that we can join Him in the work that He is already doing right here in this place in Mustang, Oklahoma. That's what we are doing. And let me just, let me, here's the, so here's the big question. How does God judge your spiritual walk? Right now, how does God judge your spiritual walk? Okay, so so am I a spiritual procrastinator or am I on fire for God? Where are you in your walk, in your spiritual walk with God? Here's another one. Am I lazy? Am I lazy? Or am I totally committed to God? In the work that he's doing in this place. Three, am I lukewarm? Am I lukewarm? Or am I wholehearted? I'm in. I'm in. You remember the story of the master going on the journey? And he had these three servants. And uh, according to their abilities, he kind of gave each one of them some talents. So to one, he gave five talents. To one, he gave two. And to one, he gave one. And he trusted his property to them. Here, I entrust you with this. And the question is, this question is, this, that I want you to ask yourself is, as you're thinking about that story, how old are those servants? How old are those servants? See, for most of us, most of the time, we don't see ourselves in there. So if we're too young, we just said, yeah, it's probably not for me. There's probably uh, some of us that say, yeah, yeah, that's me. I'm, I'm one of those servants. But, but think of everybody. I don't care if you're 15 all the way to 90. Think of yourself as one of those servants in that story. Which one are you? Are you the five-talent, two-talent, one-talent person? It, whatever. You think about it yourself. Now listen, listen to what happens to the one-talent guy. We know what happened to the five. He got five more. Two did he gained five more when the master came back and said, "Hey, I gained two more. And five, I gained five more." And to the one, here's what happens. Chapter twenty-five, verses twenty-four through twenty-six of Matthew. He also, who had received the one talent, came forward saying, "Master, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you did not sow, and gathering where you scattered no seed. So I was afraid, and I went and hid your talent in the ground." Here, have what is yours. But his master answered him, You wicked and slothful servant. You knew that I reap where I have not sown and gather where I scattered no seed. Okay, so God has given us gifts. 
let's just go down that he's given us gifts we can talk about this also in monetary way or what he's given us with our finances too and what we do with those and that we hide them and we don't use them for the glory of god we can talk about that because that's exactly what we're talking about here it's not about just the gifts and the abilities it's about the monetary things that god gives us as well so we can talk about that but let's just talk about the gifts if you don't mind talk about the gifts so god has given each of you gifts whether that's financial or whatever, giving you gifts. And those gifts are to be used for His glory, for His glory. And how many of us, how many of us are actually not using the gifts that God has given to us for His glory? The gifts that to use, those gifts, and everybody has them, every single person has gifts every single one of us yes some people have more gifts than others but all of us are gifted by god to use the things that he has given us for his glory and what's the reaction what is the reaction by jesus what does he say look at this and continuing 29 through 30 for to everyone who has will more be given and he will have an abundance but from the one who has not even what he has will be taken away and cast the worthless servant into outer darkness into in that place where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth weeping and gnashing of teeth i don't know about you but isn't that a harsh reaction I mean, the one servant had he, he, what God gave him. He, he, he took, he just buried it. He didn't use it, but he didn't lose it. He didn't squander it away like, okay, okay, I'm just going to go use this for my own self. He, he did use it, for, for him, but, but he didn't increase it. He didn't use that gift. He didn't develop it. He didn't, and I wonder how many of us are just, holding on to that which God has given us and haven't used it for his glory. And yes, we can talk about monetary as well as gifts that he has given us. And how many of us are hiding that and not using it for his glory? And you say, James, I, this, I thought this was about zeal. It is. This is about zeal. It's about fervor. It's about being on fire for God. It's about using that what God has given us to use those gifts for His glory, to join Him in the work that He is doing. That's what God wants us to do. And the answer to our, our slothfulness, the answer to our slothfulness is wholeheartedness. The answer to our laziness and the answer to our unwillingness is wholeheartedness. Do I wholly, fully love God with all my heart? Do I love Him with all my heart? All right, so look at these passages. Look at these passages about wholeheartedness. Jeremiah chapter 24, verse 7. I will give them a heart. Now, go back, go back if you would and think think about your conversion. Think about when you gave your life to Jesus Christ and you said, I'm all in. 
when you said, I want to dedicate my life to Christ. I want to give him everything I have. I want to know Christ. I want to know him better. Okay, so think about these verses that that's that with that day, that point when you said, I am totally and I'm totally committed. I am totally there. Then listen to these passages. I will give them a heart to know that I am the Lord. And they shall be my people and I will be their God. For they shall return to me with their whole heart. Ezekiel 36 verse 26 says, And I will put a new heart, a new heart I will put within you. And I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. Okay, so, so many of us may have this heart of stone. I'm not moving. I don't care. It doesn't bother me. Nothing. And, and God can't even penetrate. And God says, no, no, no. When, I, when you, at your conversion, I took that heart of stone out and I put a heart of flesh in there so it could be molded, so that it could be shaped, so that it could be formed into the image of Jesus, my son. That's what that heart is there. And that's not going to be easy because it's going to be hard because it is a heart of flesh and not a heart of stone. It is moldable. It is shapeable. It is something that can hurt. It's something that can have joy. It's something that can be taught. It's a heart of flesh. In Matthew 12, verse 30, He says, Jesus says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. See, it's about a wholeheartedness of who we are as a body, as as a person, as a follower of Jesus. Am I all in? Am I on fire and zealous for the Lord? Zealous for him. So how are you doing on this? How are you doing on this? And here's what we need to remember. Here's what we need to remember. Okay, so being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. (laughs) You don't have to worry that God is not working on you. God is working on all of his children. He's working on all people. His image is within every single individual. And everybody is without excuse. Everybody is without excuse. Because everybody can see God just in nature and everything that's around. So we are all without excuse. But he is saying, I am still working on you. This is a process. This is not something that happens overnight, but it is something that we are moving toward because we have the power of the Spirit within us, changing us, making us new, helping us in this journey of faith that we're on. And we're continually being molded and shaped, and He will carry that on to completion. In other words, it's never, it's never going to end. My heart, my life is always going to be shaped Hopefully, more and more like Christ each and every day. It's what I pray for. It's what I want. And he's going to carry that on to completion until the day when Jesus returns or when I die. And when he returns, then that heart, that heart that has been plagued by sin, plagued by giving up, by lukewarmness, 
will be a heart that is wholeheartedly devoted to him. Wholeheartedly. He will take his children home and we will rejoice in that. But how many of us are not there right now? Not because we're not working toward it, but because we're not working at all toward it. We're not working toward it. We're actually lazy and just don't care anymore. In many ways, some of us have just given up. We've given up. You know, every Tuesday, there's a group of ladies get up here, come up to the church building, and they sew. And I've made it a practice to try and go down there as much as I can every Tuesday to say hi to all these ladies. And so you're going down there, and, and listen, these ladies, sorry ladies, they're not spring chickens, but they're just a wonderful group of ladies. And, and I go in there, and I just see who's at the table. And there's always one quiet, unassuming person that's usually there. She's 91. Her name's Betty Blankenship. Betty, sorry. And she is there serving God. They don't sew for themselves. They're not knitting for themselves. They're not crocheting for themselves. They're doing this for others. <clears throat> for others. And you have all these ladies in there who are passionate about the work of serving others. We do what we can at the age that we are. And we rely on the Spirit to give us that zeal to even do a little bit more. Even do a little bit more. And here's what I want us to know. None of us, none of us, none of us love God with all our heart. We don't. It's because we have sin in our lives. And if we claim we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. I mean, that's what 1 John 1 verse 8 says. So, yeah, we all sin. We all sin and fall short of the glory of God. So, what do we do? If we're in this situation where I know I need, I, I want to give my life totally to Him, I want, we need to cry out to God. This is where we need to be crying out to God, saying, God, help me. Help me have a passion. Help me have a desire. Help me know you. Give me those, those gifts so that those gifts that you have given me, may I use them for your, your glory. Place in front of me ways in which I can use them for your glory. Help me know that. Here's six things by by a guy by the name of Marshall Seagal that I, I thought were great. And they're just very easy, very simple. But I think they're very good points to help us understand what do we cry out for? Here are six things. We cry out for God and say, God, help me in this. And the first one is this. Help me pray with all my heart. Help me pray with all my heart. Not just a prayer, not just something I just say as a, a ritual, but I pray with all my heart. Listen to this passage in Psalm 119, verses 145. I call out, I call with all my heart, answer me, Lord, and I will obey your decrees. I call with all my heart, answer me, Lord. So that's the first thing. The first thing we do is we call out to God, help me in this endeavor. Help us in this endeavor as a congregation. Here's the second thing. Help me seek 
you with all my heart. Help me seek you with all my heart. Jeremiah 29 verse 13 says, you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. So how much are we in God's word? How much are we studying? How much are we knowing him so that we can know him better and seek him with all our heart? It, it just, I'll tell you what, go to Proverbs chapter 1, 2, and 3 and read there uh, the passion that the writer, the proverb has for knowing him, for knowing and seeking him with all our hearts, understanding him, just gaining dis- discernment, wanting to seek it like gold and silver. This, this is seeking after God. So seek him with all our heart. Here's the other cry. C, help me repent with all my heart. Help me repent with all my heart. John Joel 2 verse 12 says this, even now declares the Lord, return to me with all your heart, with fasting and weeping and mourning. We need to pray that God will help me repent with all my heart. Repenting is a turning around. It's going in a different direction. It's seeing things differently, doing things differently, acting differently. It's it's the idea of I am going to move and God, you need to help me because the ways, my old ways, they've got a hold of me. They are trapping me, and I'm going to need your help on this. So please, help me repent with all my heart. Here's D. D. Help me obey with all my heart. Help me obey with all my heart. Psalm 119 verse 34 says this, Give me understanding so that I may keep your law and obey it with all my heart. Yes, after you repent, you're going to have to ask God to say, Help me obey with all my heart. I want to repent with all my heart, but I also need to obey with all my heart. I need to follow your commands. I need to keep your law. I need to keep your words that are in your mouth and obey those words. Which brings me to E. Help me trust with all my heart. Help me trust with all my heart. Lord, I turn it over to you. I trust you with my life. Listen to this passage from Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5. We know it well. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. Lean not on your own understanding. Okay, and then F. Help me enjoy life with all my heart. Help me enjoy you, Lord. Help me enjoy you, Lord, with all my heart. Help me enjoy life as you have given it to me with all my heart. And how do I do that? I sing. I rejoice. Listen to this passage in Zephaniah 3, verse 14. Sing, daughter of Zion. Shout aloud, Israel. Be glad and rejoice with all your heart, daughter of daughter Jerusalem. Man, what a great passage there. Now, I want to end. I want to end by looking at a, a man who was zealous for the Lord. And we don't use him in this way because we use him in a different way. I want to talk about Apollos in Acts chapter 18. Now, everything we know about Apollos probably is that, yes, Apollos was teaching the Word of God, but he didn't have it known fully. So Aquila and Priscilla, Priscilla and Aquila, they both they had to take him away and t- teach him the way more perfectly. That's how the old 
King James says, teach him the way more perfectly. Well, that's not the point of this this story. Yes, I'm, I'm glad that Priscilla and Aquila taught him, but that's not the point of this story. The point of Apollos, the point of the Apollos story is his zeal. The point of Apollos is that he was all in. The point of Apollos is that I am going to be faithful and I am going to love God with all my heart. I'm going to use the gifts that he has given me and I am going to put it out there. I'm all in. I'm not going to quit. I'm not going to give up and I'm not going to be lukewarm. I'm going to be a person who is totally devoted to Jesus Christ. And so listen to the story, chapter 18 of Acts. Meanwhile, a Jew named Apollos, a native in Alexandria, came to Ephesus. He was a learned man with a thorough knowledge of the scriptures. He had been instructed in the way of the Lord, and he spoke with great fervor and taught about Jesus accurately, though he knew only the baptism of John. He began to speak boldly in the synagogue. When Priscilla and Aquila heard him, they invited him to their home and explained to him the way of God more accurately. When Apollos wanted to go to Achaia, the brothers and sisters encouraged him and wrote to the disciples there to welcome him. When he arrived, he was a great help to those who by grace had believed, for he vigorously refuted his Jewish opponents in public debate, proving from the scriptures that Jesus was the Messiah. Paulus was one who was on fire for God. He was on fire for Jesus. He was on fire. He had a zeal. He had a passion to preach the word, to preach the word with boldness. With boldness. Brothers and sisters, brothers and sisters, zeal can be taught. Zeal can be developed. Zeal can be shaped and zeal can be implemented in our lives. It can. It can. And if you do not have the zeal, if you do not have the passion, if you don't have that desire to do the work that God has given you to do with the gifts that he has given you, not to bury them, not to put them in the ground, but to use them for his glory. Because none of us, none of us want to be lukewarm. None of us want to hear the words on that day, I'm going to spit you out of my mouth because you are just lukewarm. I would rather you be hot or cold than just lukewarm. So what is it, brothers and sisters in Christ? Are we going to have a zeal to dream again? Are we going to have the zeal and the passion to take the message of Jesus Christ to the lost of this city, to the lost of this community, to the lost of our world? Are we going to be ones that serve and help those? And you say, well, James, I, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. I, I, I don't know where to start. Start with just doing an act of kindness for someone. Remember, you do not need, you do not need our permission. You do not need the permission of our elders to go about doing good. You don't. It doesn't have to be a, a program here at Lake Homa that you have to do. You can do good. Go about doing good for Jesus. Go about doing good for Jesus. And start today, start today with just one act of kindness. One act of kindness to another. May God bless you. I love you, Lake Homa. Blessings. Blessings.